control, countdown confirmed. Auto sequence start in five, four, three, two, one. Welcome to the Everyday Manager podcast series. My name is Stephen Steele and I am the Everyday Manager. In this episode, we start by reading through Chapter 2 of my book, Captain's Deck, Everyday Management Ideas to Steer Your Business. There are six chapters in total. We will cover off in this episode what the mission is, what are our goals, and how to build a team culture. Tip number five, what's the mission? Your purpose as a manager is to achieve an organization's mission. A book by Colts provides an overview of the importance of having a mission, a vision, and a purpose as told through the teachings of Colin Powell. Colin Powell, for those that aren't aware, is a former United States uh, Defense Force General, uh, Chairman of the Joint Chiefs for memory. The mission explains, in his terms, why the organization exists and what it does to achieve the vision of where your organization wants to be in the future. In the absence of a mission... Companies and businesses wander aimlessly in the marketplace and really don't achieve much success. No matter what level of management you work in, every action you take should be intended to add value to achieve the mission. Any actions that don't add value to the purpose and mission of the company, well, they need to be questioned. It is imperative that purpose, values and missions are embedded into the daily ways of carrying out business. If they aren't, they become simply nothing more than some flash management idea and concepts that sit on the shelf in an office catching dust, and your people won't embrace or act on them. As a manager of a business, there is a requirement and expectation that one commits to the company's mission. The easiest way to do this is to reflect on what your personal values and principles are and determine if they align with your company's mission, purpose and values. Remember that your end game, which is your customer, doesn't buy what you do, they buy why you do it. As a manager, it's fair to expect that your organization's mission is clear and compelling. All actions and decisions you make require people to commit to the cause. People can only do this if the mission is clear and compelling enough. Only then will you be able to inspire them to succeed in the mission. The concept of a mission is standard practice for any organization, yet interestingly, it's rarely spoken about. Employees go about their daily routine and their role, focused on their duties, tasks, and KPIs. Ask any employee how often they stop and reflect on what their company's purpose and mission is, and many of them will probably struggle to answer. Further, in regards to Colts and his book on Colin Powell, He explains that there is a massive power behind a mission and purpose as it explains the reason for the company's existence and therefore the reason why they have employees to carry out actions to work towards it. This power is called, as he explains, unification, which is the ability to bring people together and mobilize them towards a common cause. The military uses the power of the mission very well. It's ingrained in its people and is one of the most important things for its soldiers. Every action taken by any person of any rank is steered only towards the mission, and never off course. For the everyday manager, well, it should be ingrained in the concept of the mission or purpose into 
each and every one of their team members' minds. When unified towards their common cause of achieving the mission, success will in most cases be achieved. Carl von Clausewitz stated that no one starts a war, or rather no one in their senses should do so, without first being clear in their mind what they intend to achieve by that war and how they intend to achieve it. This is what working towards the mission is all about, and this is one of the many responsibilities of the everyday manager. Some suggested behaviours for listeners to take away. I would always recommend when you're working on these really high-level topics and subjects like mission and values and purpose, you really have to embrace those leadership skill sets. You need to really be inspiring your team members. You need to be performing actions that allow you to lead from the front. For example, walk the talk. If you want your staff to get out of the office and meet more stakeholders directly, then why not do a little yourself? Teach them how it's done. Another suggested behavior, uh, other than inspiring your team members, is communication. Talk about the mission and the purpose in meetings and gatherings. Include staff in the process where you can. For the more that mission, purpose and values are discussed, the more that people will will, uh, relate to it and start to believe in it. An example uh, that I can probably provide listeners is that in the past, I didn't really understand the importance of a mission. It definitely wasn't something I thought about every day when I came to work. But now I've learned to align most of my decision-making and actions to achieving it. I really do help that it starts to guide uh, the good work that I try to do each and every day, but even more so the the wonderful work that my, my team does for the end goal being our customer. Tip six, what are our goals? A goal is a high-level milestone that needs to be achieved to make reaching the vision and mission possible. An everyday manager should always understand the mission and the values of the company they work for. This knowledge will help in understanding the goals set by your bosses, but also to help guide you in setting goals for your own business unit or team. Goals and their subset objectives break actions into small chunks, if you like. The completion of these goals and objectives when broken down add up to the achievement of the mission and contribute to the overall vision of where the company wants to be. And if we put these into practice, if you could envision this, um, imagine we have an example where we use an athletics company that makes athletic footwear. The mission might be to provide inspiration, confidence and innovation to every athlete in the world. And the goal, which is set to help achieve that mission, is, for example, the uh, the R&D department, the research and development department, must develop new technology in footwear for athletes by June of each year. As you can see, the mission statement explains why the company exists, but the goal is simply one of the many goals that explain how the company will achieve its mission. Some suggested behaviours and takeaways for the listeners Talk about the team's goals all the time. Review how the team is tracking towards their goals all of the time. People naturally want to succeed. People naturally want to do better. Make it part of the narrative for the team. Because remember, as an everyday manager, if you're not measuring, you're not managing. Tip number seven, how to build team culture. 
Organizational culture is the foundation that a company is built on. An effective and positive culture results in success. As a manager of a business within your company, you are usually required to fit in with the company's culture and the way things are done. An organization's culture is defined by its people and influenced by the company's mission, values, goals, and objectives. In any situation where an employee, or in this case for, for us as a manager, if that doesn't align with the company's culture, you should consider whether the company is the right fit uh, for yourself or for your team members. This is really crucial, as if, if someone uh, doesn't align and fit into the company culture, success will be very limited. The everyday manager needs to know the purpose mission of the company. Uh, really, uh, that is probably what can be considered the emotional glue of any culture, uh, any religion or any nation or, or team, uh, in, in a sense, for the purposes of identity. They need to know the values of the company and what it stands for. A thorough understanding of these two things will allow the everyday manager to determine what the expected behaviours are of the team that they manage. In most cases, uh, these expected behaviours will be set in policy and procedures within the, the companies that we work in. However, sometimes these policies and procedures contain codes of conduct and expected behaviours and ethics, uh, these sorts of things that are quite generic. In this case, the everyday manager should form their own subculture that aligns with the company's overarching organisational culture. Team culture normally exists as a subculture of the overarching organisational culture. Uh, there is an author, uh, uh, Kerr. Uh, he, he wrote a book about the, uh, the New Zealand rugby union team called the All Blacks. In his book, Kerr points out that the effective way for a manager to improve and maintain a high performance is to create a team culture unique to the people within the team, uh, as with the case of his book for the New Zealand All Blacks Rugby Union team. If the staff are allowed to contribute to the expected and accepted behaviours, Kerr explains they are more likely to abide by them. The most important thing that the everyday manager must do is to create an environment where staff can be successful in their roles. Doing this will mean that a team culture is established and hard at work. If we put that into practice, I've got, uh, I've got a total of about eight steps that I'm going to read through to, to help give some guide or guidance on uh, how this can be put into practice uh, in the workplace. Step one, alignment to the company culture. Identify your organization's culture, mission and values and use this as a base to guide your team culture. Step number two, set the expectations of behaviours. As the manager, set your expected behaviours for the team. Work to gain a buy-in from staff and obtain agreement to the expectations. Step number three, consult with the people. Give your staff input on what behaviours and actions that they expect from each other and as part of the team. Step number four, create a visual for the team. Determine what the final version of the team culture will be and create a visual that can be distributed amongst the team. Whenever a team member steps outside the team culture, refer to the distributed document and content. Step number five, 
Keep up the chat. For each staff meeting or individual meeting, have the team culture and its agreed uh, or agreed to expectations on the agenda. Keep it relevant. Recognize staff when they contribute to the positive culture, but reprimand them when they contribute negatively. After all, they agreed to abide by the expectations of the team culture and had input to it. Step number six, give them the why. It's important for staff to know what they will get from their manager. This helps solidify that a partnership founded on goodwill in the manager-to-employee relationship exists. When you give staff directions and instructions, give them the reason why. This allows the staff member to understand and have a smarter way, or sorry, is a smarter way to get them on board with what you hope to achieve. Step number seven, play and have fun. Every quarter, hold a team event or activity that's focused on team culture building. There are plenty of examples on the internet. Ensure that there's a learning component to the activity because this will help build trust and respect with your team around their team culture. And the last step, step eight, uh, one that I always think is quite critical for any uh, everyday manager, it is listen. Ensure you ask for and listen to feedback from your team on any ideas they have to improve team culture. These conversations can occur formally or informally via staff meetings, individual meetings, and the team culture activity settings. Some suggested behaviours. Create a safe environment where team members feel comfortable enough to have uh, an open discussion or, or a real chat, whatever you want to call it. But as I say, create that safe environment where they feel comfortable and confident to engage in in a candid and open discussion in a respectful and professional manner. People need to feel comfortable before they can call other people out or hold them to account if they are behaving in ways that are inconsistent with the culture and what's expected of them. A personal uh, example, if you like, um, from my experience over time, I used to struggle to create an environment where my team felt safe to speak openly and frankly. And honestly, uh, I still do to a degree. I guess it is because it feels unnatural. One thing that I learned along the way, however, was from um, uh, the the great former group CEO of GE many years ago, Jack Welsh. He used to speak of ensuring candor was a core part of, uh, of your team. And what candor is, is giving people the ability to speak frankly and not shy away in fear of reprimand for saying the wrong thing. These days, I try to ensure that candor is uh, is present in all my dealings uh, with with my staff and team, uh, just to make sure that uh, we're all on the same page and we feel comfortable and safe enough to discuss things in an open environment and in a team environment. Well, that's a wrap for Chapter 2 of Captain's Deck Everyday Management Ideas to Steer Your Business. If you're interested in an ebook or a paperback version, you can access via Amazon Books or Amazon Kindle. Ebook versions are also available on Apple Books, Google Books, and Kobo. Thank you for joining me for this Episode 2 of the Everyday Manager series. A reminder that you can also access this podcast free on my Buzzsprout website, and also via Spotify and Apple. Be real, people, and I look forward to the next episode on Chapter 3, which is uh, Tips on Managing Strategy 
structure and systems.